Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another solo rip here on the weekends where we have a little bit of extra time to be able to delve into this topics. But I, but I also like to keep it very concise so that you guys can go about your day and get a kind of get a quick rip and then think about these things throughout your day and maybe conversate with fellow plebs or anybody that you encounter. So on solo rip eight, we're going to talk about blood on the streets. No surprise. You've been watching the price. It's been plummeting. Some of us are here for that. Some of them, some of us are not. Uh, we're also going to talk about El Salvador during that. Uh, Bloodbath buys the biggest purchase of Bitcoin, 500 Bitcoin ever. So they get their hands on all the blood that's on the street. Uh, they also release a model for uh, a Bitcoin city, the schematics for a Bitcoin city. Uh, we're going to talk about the shortcomings of the Lightning Network. I've been dealing with uh, my node a little bit more lately than I have in the past. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about how Reacher uses the Strike API to supposedly fix email. I want to get into that and and what I'm excited for, uh, but some things that I think we should be should keep in mind here. Um, also, a little bit of shitcoin and not too much. We don't talk about shitcoining here. So uh, the USDT depegs the dollar, which I didn't even think was possible, but it is. It just happened. A lot of people got rug pulled, and how uh, Instagram is starting to roll out NFTs, which is just yuck. So I'm gonna cue the introduction here, the intro music here for y'all, and we're gonna get into solo rip number eight right after this. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. All right, y'all, we're back. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Here on this weekend episode, solo rip number eight, the side chain. Make sure you tune into the main chain episodes, which are every single Wednesday, where I have somebody from the Bitcoin industry that, or just a Bitcoiner that's doing big things and, and comes on the show and, and blesses me with their time, blesses us with their time. If you're a a, a, a return listener and, and and gives us some of that knowledge, so um, by the time you're hearing this. You should have heard Jevy's episode, which is about global custody solutions. Uh, Jevy's a really smart dude. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. And the conversation I had with him was just fascinating. I got a few great interviews coming up for that main chain. So keep an eye eye out for those. And please be sure to support us on Fountain. I'll get into a little bit about that uh, going on here. So back with solo rep number eight. Hey, if you're with me here. Uh, that means that you've been riding out this bloodbath, right? So uh, the Bitcoin price has plummeted. Uh, I believe it actually got down to about 29000 maybe even a little bit lower. And chaos is all over these streets. I mean, you got the people that are just losing their mind. You got the new Bitcoiners or the newbies that are just not understanding where their store value concept comes from. Because as far as they're concerned, they bought in at 40 and now they have less money. Um it's very funny when this happens. This isn't my first hurrah. This isn't my first ride. I've actually read it, uh, wrote a few of these uh, uh, drops. And, you know, when the blood is on the streets, this is where real Bitcoiners and people that are really, you know, convicted and people that know their stuff get rewarded. There's times like this where we keep, we're out there looking for the blood. We're out there looking for the people that didn't make it. Um, if you didn't make it, good riddance. We don't need you around. Uh, and you'll be back later when it's much more expensive. And if you did make it, then you're earning your stripes here. Uh, and it's such a beautiful thing. Um, 
yeah, Bitcoin drops in price uh, for many different reasons. A lot of it for a lot of shit traders. Uh, sometimes it's global economic news. Uh, sometimes it's a lot of FUD, which is a constant thing. But as a barrage that continues to come to Bitcoin and continue to happen to Bitcoin and Bitcoin continues to take it, like I like to say, like a champ. Bitcoin continues to take these shots but then bounces right back up. And if you've been around or if you do enough homework and you, knew, you do enough due diligence, you're going to realize that in order for you to enjoy the highs, you have to be able to be willing to ride out the lows. And not only ride them out, you know, you have to make this, this clear conscience plan to basically have more sets today than you did yesterday. And these are just brand new opportunities for you to be able to stack up more and be able to get in cheaper with the blood that, you know, the people that can't hold on, that don't have the diamond hands, uh, have left on the streets for us. So, hey, stack on. Um, I believe as of recording this, and I've recorded this on a Wednesday, the price is floating around 31000 but it really doesn't matter. The more and more, you know, homework you do on this asset, on, on, on this technology, on whatever adjective it is you want to use uh, for Bitcoin, whenever you do more and more research, you just realize that one Bitcoin will always equal one Bitcoin. Um, and I don't know if anybody who's listening has actually started to read uh, uh, the, the, you know, what all Bitcoiners are probably reading now, the mandibles. But there's a lot of sections in that book. I'm about halfway through it. There's a lot of sections in that book that really identify what's where this is going when it comes to like, you know, the, the dollar and, and when it comes to people that are depending on the dollar and when it comes to like everything skyrocketing in prices, there's a um, there's a lot of examples in the book, but there's one example specifically where, you know, the mother's talking to the son and the son is talking back to her as if she was the child. And he's explaining to her how this head of cabbage, cabbage, mind you, is already approaching the $40 um, per pound limit, how, you know, everything is just skyrocketing in price. And, and when I sit down and I think about this, mind you, the book is based in 2029, which is not too far away. And, and I'm tired of people continuously saying, two, you know, taking two stands on what's going on here, which is, A, this doesn't exist. Um, it's not really happening. It's all in your head or it's all FUD or it's all that. And the other side of things, which is that's in the future. I won't even be around for that. That's closer than you think. That's five years away, in my opinion. That's maybe a decade away, in my opinion. And, and it's going to get to the point where, you know, a $2 head of cabbage is actually going to cost you $40 and you won't be able to afford the basic things. Another thing that's a really big issue for me, uh, and I was talking to my dad about this during Mother's Day over uh, Mother's Day lunch. Shout out to all the mothers. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you all. But I was talking to my dad over the dinner table and uh, he was explaining to me how, you know, uh, uh, for him to be able to get the benefits of his retirement now it has been extended to the age of 70. Right. When it was used to be 65 uh, in the mandibles in the book. And I was as I was telling him, eventually that's going to turn to 74, 76, you know, 78. And that's just basically um, the, Fed, the Fed's way of rug pulling. Uh, our parents, right, uh, or or boomers, or anybody in that, and you know, in the older generation that's expecting that Social Security to be there at the age of 65. Well, guess what? They're going to continue to push that back. They're going to continue to rug pull all the hard work and all the energy that my dad and anybody that his age has provided to this world. All the services that have been built upon his back, they're going to get rug pulled, and they won't even be able to get that sheer value. They won't be able to pass it on to their lineage, to their kids, because that's all under scrutiny and all that. They're going to get taxed to death. And then, like I said, how many people with all the stuff that's going on even actually make it to the age of 75 plus? You know, 
more power to you if you do and I hope that everybody does of course but it's really hard as they continue to push the field goal post back it's really hard for you to be able to depend on what they promised you so think about the idea of them pulling you know money out of your paycheck every single week for various reasons not only taxation which we all know is theft but for many other different reasons like social security uh, uh, and all these other things just with the promise you know 401ks and all this stuff just with the promise that you know when you get to a certain age you're going to be able to ride off into the sunset you're going to be able to sail the world you're going to be able to do all this stuff because you have this nice nest egg that's sitting there waiting for you well guess what they're just a policy away from taking that away from you. They're just one field goal post move away from taking that away from you. And when I was having this conversation with my dad, you know, I, I just, I felt the pain. I, you know, as a Bitcoiner, I understand that Bitcoin is the vessel. But, you know, when you try to explain that to, to my dad, especially when the previous conversation was how, you know, the, the, the price was plummeting and, and how, you know, a lot of people were keeping an eye on that. You know, it's hard for him to understand that Bitcoin is the safety raft. It's hard for him to say YOLO into Bitcoin or go all in on Bitcoin. We're working on it and I'm working on it and he sees the value in it. But, you know, I don't blame him for thinking, hey, if I got rug pulled in that arena, what makes you think I won't be rug pulled in that arena? Right. And as we discuss on this show a lot, often and often and often, it really depends on the person, the individual doing their homework and understanding what it is that they're getting into Bitcoin. Because if they don't understand why they're getting into Bitcoin, then they'll never actually really be in Bitcoin. They could speculate on it. They could you know, buy here and there. Uh, and I've actually have a hardware wallet for my parents that set up where they kind of have like a small dollar cost averaging, but they won't be able to flip all of their you know life savings uh, or be convicted enough to do so um, if they don't do their own homework and, and and reading the mandibles and 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 talking to him and seeing that that the Fed has basically or is on the verge of rug pulling a lot of people his age it just frustrates the crap out of me right because this, this is what they're professionals at they're professionals at lying, first and foremost. They're professionals at changing the rules all the time. Uh, and it just further heightens the fact that this currency, this dollar, this thing that we keep in our bank accounts, most of us, uh, and that we depend on is really not ours, right? And then through cryptography, as Eric Kaysen likes to tell us over and over again, we have been handed the weapon, right? To be able to turn the tables and be able to change that, to actually own this, to actually not have it taken away from us, to have the field goal post stay the same through the consensus network. All these things that are beautiful about Bitcoin, it's extremely hard to explain to somebody who has is basically frustrated in the situation they're in. But not only my dad here, I've had conversations with previous uh, co-workers that I used to work with uh, uh, where they're frustrated because, you know, their rent is about to go up $400. And, you know, and these are people without kids, never mind the ones with kids and how they can't seem to find a way and they want to find a new place to move. But everywhere that they go to move, the prices are just skyrocketing. And then I had talked to other friends that are just like working overtime and working, you know, looking for a second job to be able to keep not only themselves afloat and their bills afloat, but be able to like help support their spouse and whatever adventure they want to take. Like, this is really, really, really happening, y'all. So to loop this back to what we're talking about, when you see this blood on the streets, right, when you see the price of Bitcoin plummet, this is your opportunity to soak up more of this, to be able to get more of this asset, uh, of this this weapon, uh, is the most specific weapon here, the uh, uh, word here, that's actually going to remove us away from all that pain and all that frustration. 
And boy, am I frustrated when I have to have these conversations with the people I care about and the people I love, right? Because I once didn't know either. It wasn't until I took that orange pill and I continue to take it every single day that I realized that not only can I be frustrated, rightfully so, because it's not in my head, it's what they're telling you is the lies that politicians tell you, but also that I have found the tool to be able to allow my family to escape from this, the weapon to, uh, to be able to fight back. And we need to fight for this thing. Whether it, it takes us out to set up a better stage for our children, it, it doesn't matter. This is the fight that needs to happen here. So when you see blood on the streets, Stop running for your life and stop thinking that you're scared. Have a little bit of spine. Have a little bit of, you know, have those diamond hands. Hold on to this because the bigger picture is safety. The bigger picture is, is that if you zoom out, you understand not only what they are doing, the Fed, but what Bitcoin can do for you, for your family, for your life. And it's important in these situations that you soak it up while it's on sale. So when the price continues to drop and plummet to me, Bitcoiners are that rare breed. When the price drops, we all cheer because we know what, that we're able to scoop up more of it before it's too late. When the price goes up, we all cheer because we know we're closer to our goal. We're closer to finishing the mission. Don't be scared. And if you are scared, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Go talk to individuals like me. Listen to shows like me. Listen to like the Stefan Leveras of the world, the John Vallis of the world. There's so many other people out there that are giving you the, the information you need to understand it the way that we Bitcoiners understand it. Don't get fooled by the whole maxi thing. Don't think that because we're maxis that we're in some type of cult. We just see what's about to go down, right? And we want to protect as many people as possible from doing so. Blood on the streets, go get it. El Salvador went and, go, went and got it. That's the next topic that I have here. So uh, Bukele announced on the Twitter that at about $30,000 or so average, they bought 500 Bitcoin. They're not playing around. I have my gripes about trusting you know, uh, leaders like Bukele and, and, and that whole thing, but action speaks louder than words and they continue to speak on it. I've also been listening to, to Max Kaiser and Stacy talk about what's happening in El Salvador and they're really leading the way in this charge. They're really showing what it can be to have a Bitcoin country and have a Bitcoin standard from within the people. Um, so they bought 500 Bitcoin just to continue to prove their action. I think that's remarkable. I think it's huge. Um, and they're not playing around. Uh, they also released the schematics or the model for what the Bitcoin city would look like. I didn't really look into it. It looked massive, first and foremost, from this model. They actually showed an airport that also looked massive that was attached to it. I don't know how far away or how close they are to this from happening, but we're more entrepreneurs, more smart minds, uh, more, you know, Max Kaisers and, and, and bullish Bitcoiners and things like that going down there to educate the people. I know Jimmy Song and Stacy are partnering up to do a class out there uh, uh, for Bitcoin development. The more and more that this happens, the more and more other countries start to notice that what's happening in the U.S. with the dollar is happening all over. It's happening in history and other places as well. But what's happening there and, and you can these countries can avoid this bullet for their people. And it's, you know, regardless what my gripes are with Bukele and, and, and with certain leaders and putting heroes up on this pedestal, action speaks louder than words. And his action is showing me that he's dedicated to his people. His action is showing me that he's focused on the mission of actually saving his people. And in one of that conversations with my dad, you know, because he, he follows Spanish news and, and 
Bukele's actually making his round through there, which is actually extremely helpful when it comes to orange pilling, um, not just the Spanish community, but, you know, small islanders, if you want to call it that. Um, so, you know, shout out to Bukele there. Shout out to El Salvador for not just making this a niche thing and not just, you know, speaking the high praise of Bitcoin by not acting. This is action. This is supporting your people. This is taking care of them and making sure that their future Right, El Salvador's future stays intact and doesn't get blown away. It doesn't get debased by being pegged to the U.S. dollar. Um, so I'm really, really bullish about that. Uh, not so much about Bukele yet because I still have to do more information there, rightfully so. But the fact that El Salvador continues to be the hub for the example for the rest of the world. We saw last week or so Central Africa. Uh, I believe Bukele sat down with the president of Mexico, which is massive. Um, a lot of things are going ha are happening here. And if Bukele and his position, whether I appreciate it or not, can start to orange pill other leaders, I'll still stand on the same thing, which is these people are just politicians and they shouldn't be heroes, but the action is there, right? That that that's big. That that's good towards us getting, you know, like I said a little while ago, fulfilling the mission here. So shout out to El Salvador and I guess shout out to Bukele for five hundred uh Bitcoin purchase. Um, but also for leaning in on this Bitcoin city and this Bitcoin state and this Bitcoin country, right? Like that that scale of from a city all the way to a country and showing the model for what it can look like and what it can be and paying homage to the weapon, to the tool, to the freedom that Bitcoin inherently uh, uh, brings with it to whoever adopts it into their life. So super cool there. Uh, I'm going to pivot over to the Lightning Network here. Um, so... You know, I got some plans in, in, in store for talking a bits. I got some plans in stores where, I, you know, I want to sovereignly be able to, you know, offer some cool stuff to you guys and be able to, you know, bypass as, you know, maulers and everybody talks about the, the, the legacy fiat system. With that involves, you know, taking care of my node. So I've had my node since November of 2020. It was specifically built for podcasting 2.0, right? Uh, and to be able to verify transactions. So those were the two reasons originally I got into a node. It was to be able to sovereignly verify all transactions that I'm doing uh, that, you know, to cold storage or anywhere. And then was, you know, to be able to, to, to get the support from y'all and be able to, to receive some sets when it comes to the content and the podcast that we have going on here. Now it's a different purpose. Now I have to start managing liquidity. Uh, it's no secret. There's a lot of LSPs out there and a lot of new products being rolling out there that liquidity especially when it comes to having your own sovereign node, it's a big issue. Uh, what is liquidity? Well, hopefully I'll have some guests pretty soon that's going to be able to explain that much better than I can. But if you want to think about it is, is the channels in which you can receive sets and spend sets. So right at the very core of your Lightning node, you have zero liquidity out and you have zero liquidity in. That means you can't receive anything because there's no channels that are coming into you. Right. So there's no way for those sets to actually route their way through other peers and get to you. And the same thing for going out. Right. So now in order to be able to open up, let's say, a merch store or be able to do these things, I now have to delve in there and I now have to get liquidity on both ends, which is a brand new learning experience for me. Fascinating because I love to learn. And this is one of my favorite things to do is to explore Bitcoin in and out. But extremely frustrating because, you know, there was a good thread going on here, and I think it's X21. I don't know if he's a listener of the show. I believe that's his his thread. I don't know if he was trolling or not. It seemed like he was serious, but he had a really good point. And the really good point is, is that Lightning is starting to trend to a PayPal 
which is, you know, a, a, a custodian basically has a better ability to give you a better lightning experience than you actually running sovereignly your own node. Now, there's a lot of truth to that, right? And, and in this experience, I'm starting to figure that out because when I use my cash app for lightning payments, like to fund my uh, fountain wallet, right? A, a, as a really good example, bang, it goes through perfectly right on the first try. It's, it's smooth sailing, instant settlement, no fees, fantastic. Uh, conversely, with my, with my moon wallet, I could still call it MUN, I don't know. With my Moon Wallet, when I use Lightning there, they use um, submarine swaps uh, uh, and different uh, uh, things to be able to make that Lightning experience extremely smooth. You can chalk up a Lightning invoice in your Moon Wallet. It's very quick. You can scan it. It'll go right there. You know, you can pay out your Thunder Games payouts through there. You can do so many things with that. Now, on the other hand, on my Zeus Wallet, which is connected to my node, which is sovereign, 75% of the time, my payments are failing. 80% of those fails, I don't really know what the reason for the failure is. So, you know, liquidity is a big thing. That's an easy one. But sometimes I'm getting some other errors that I, I'm not versed enough to be able to figure out yet. So my point is, is that I want to do this sovereignly and I will continue to do this sovereignly. And just like other things in Bitcoin, over time, this will get easier. But at the, ver at the moment, I can see where somebody goes through all the headache of setting up their node and says, the hell with this. I can't even send off a single payment out without getting an error message. And it's extremely frustrated, especially if your channels are not managed correctly. Now, I, I, now that I'm starting to get a lot of inbound capacity and a lot of outbound capacity, those failures start to get less and less and less. But my, you know, my point still stands, and I believe X21's point is there as well, which is most people are going to gravitate towards doing custodial lightning because it just works. Right? And if you go back to John Carvalho's episode with me, we understand that there isn't just one Lightning implementation. You know, there's LND, there's C Lightning, there's Bolt uh, 12, there's so many different implementations. And most people are going to lean towards, I don't care. Cash App, do this for me. Uh, whatever, do this for me. And that's great for Lightning adoption, but that's ter terrible for what we speak about all the time. And that's being sovereign, and that's being secure, and that's being private. So my hope is, is that on this show with guests and with my own experience, I'll be able to provide you, um, you know, a, a better idea of how to do that sovereignly and how to do that more privately. This is another way subtly that we help here at Talking in Bits, but that you can also help as a listener of, of Talking in Bits. So from the last episode with Jevy on, 5% of the sets that are streamed here to the show are going to go to open sets. That doesn't count the mind your block segment that we have uh, uh, whenever anybody wants to donate. But the point is, is that the more and more we contribute to developers, uh, to these open source projects, to Lightning, to all, you know, to these wallets that are coming out, the closer and closer we get to a reality where it becomes easier to be self-sovereign on Lightning. Right? And that's why I'm very passionate about not only giving the 5% Per, per set that's streamed here or, or the amount that's streamed here. But I also offer on the main chain my guests to be able to either donate to OpenSat to donate to another cause. The developers is who we need to support here. And it's for that. It's for the experience to get better, for us to be able to, to keep these privacy tools and not give it to the hands of, you know, cash apps of the world. And that's not to say cash app is a bad actor, but inherently, if you're trusting somebody else with your management or with your sets, then it's not yours. And that's what these developers are helping us keep is that sovereign nature. So please, it's very simple to load up, to download Fountain from the App Store or Breeze, right? To be able from Cash App at the moment, if you don't have another tool, 
to be able to get a few dollars, right? Like five bucks, load up Breeze or load up a uh, um, fountain wallet and they give you a wallet instantly. As soon as you set up the account, you have a wallet there so you don't have to do the creation or any of that. You can, you know, send five bucks worth of sats there. You can stream it to the show because you're already listening to the show and then you get the value from the show but you also contribute to a, a better uh, ecosystem to where we can keep these privacy tools enact because if you leave it up to the cash apps they're going to give you some cool stuff but it, with that comes the, the the removal of privacy and that gets us further away from the mission as opposed to closer to the mission so um lightning it's getting there but we want to be able to keep this more on our in our hands and not in the hands of a custodian and i think that's where the shortcomings of lightning network one of the shortcomings because i'm sure there's many arguments uh it really plays out in real time so uh, speaking of Lightning Reacher, which I'm not familiar with Reacher, but I'm just reading the headline verbatim here. Reacher uses the Strike API, which is one of the first uses of the API that I've seen, to fix email. Uh, I don't use email often, so y'all let me know if email needs to be fixed. I know there's a spam problem with email, but there's a spam problem everywhere. Um, and it's basically making you um, pay to be able to get to my inbox. That's probably a sat or two. It's not much, whatever. Um, once again, I'm not really... You know, I don't really care about email and the solution that email needs for say. I think Proton Mail is doing a fantastic job with encrypted email, et cetera, et cetera. But what this did lead me to think and lead me to get excited for is, you know, the Facebooks of the world won't exist and not as they stand, right? So when it comes to the ad model of Google, Facebook, and all these other conglomerates, right, that starts to disappear because now you're going to have to pay me for me to see your ad. Right, with, with, with as we start to roll out here, especially with Lightning and it being integrated in web browsers, and I can't wait for that. As somebody who's done marketing before, you know, um, Facebook prays and Google and all these companies they pray two sided here. They prey on the person on the business that's running the ads because now they charge you, right, a, a, a cost per click, which is basically saying pay me for every time you want me to get somebody to click on this. But then they also prey on the users of the platform because now you're seeing all this bloat and you're seeing all these irrelevant ads, right? That the business owner is now wasting money on, right? Because they showed their, their product to a person that doesn't even care about it, right? Uh, and they're making a gazillion off of this. I told my wife this this morning, these companies are making a huge amount of money, not just off of one person, it's specifically off of one person, but as a combination of communities, right? So if there's a community that's about Bitcoin, guess who's making money off of showing Bitcoin related ads to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't get me started on podcast and how podcast 2.0 is already solving this problem, meaning that you're streaming sets to talking in bits as you see fit. I'm not shoving ads down your throat and forcing you to listen through those ads in order for you to continue to get this value. Well, that's going to happen on on advertisement platforms and on the other social media platforms. And that's what really has me excited. Whether it's through the Strike API or whether it's a, a different version of that, I don't know. But the ability for you to have to pay me to see your ad gets rid of the, the Facebook ad model and the Google ad model because now the business owner can say, hey, show this ad to these people and you can pay the people direct to sit through your advertisement as opposed to paying Facebook direct to possibly butcher the ads and who is showing it to because you had a setting that was off or because you didn't know your audience as well. Can't wait for that universe. Can't wait for that to happen um, because the Facebook and the Google and the LinkedIn and these advertisement platforms 
need to be toppled. Those dominoes, dominoes need to go away. We're doing it in podcasting. That's why you don't hear any ads and you will never hear any ads when you're listening to the show. No, a lot of people are telling me never, really? I don't know. But the way I feel right now, absolutely never. There's no reason to. The fans are listening and, and, and the listeners are providing value. And they're providing the best value of all time with Visa not involved. So you don't need to donate five bucks for me to only get three. You donate five bucks and we get five bucks and we put it right back into the content. That's going to happen on these social media platforms uh, so you don't see these ads. And when you do see these ads, it's because the business of the ad is actually showing you, paying you to be able to show you that ad, which means that they have to be more careful, less spamming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And their product has to be that much better because if they pay you to see the ad and you still don't take it, guess who's losing money? Similar here. I was talking to somebody and I tell them every single episode, talk, I'm, I'm at a loss in talking a bit, right? And that just makes me want to make the product better. It doesn't make me want to run away. It just means that I have to make the product better so that more listeners come on board and more listeners are willingly willing to support meaning that you're only listening to me and watching me because you feel like it, not because you're forced to and you're not getting shitty advertisement that's taking up your space and your time because I've shoved them down your throat because I need to go get money to break even on the podcast, right? It just makes me want to get better and it should make every other content creator want to get better. And that, from reading that Reacher Fixes email headline, that's where my brain started spiraling into, and that's the world that I want to get closer to. Speaking of Facebook, I'm going to sign off with this one just more as a joke. Uh, Instagram is now doing NFTs. Although I will make the argument that Instagram is probably the place for NFT, hence pictures. That's specific to that platform. Uh, um, that's the type of consumption that gets there. I'm not surprised, man. I'm not surprised that a company as shitty as them is trying to rug pull as many people as possible. So now they're going to rug pull the content creators because if you spent, you know, let's just say a week uh, and, and the hours it took to create a really cool digital uh, uh, NFT or anything like that, you're going to put it on, on, on Instagram to try to get a following, to try to do something for your own well-being. And they're going to do something in the background, whether it's like, you know, uh, um, groom your audience or whether it's steal it, uh, uh, cut from you or doing all this stuff in order to line their pockets and be hip and be cool with the content creator, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need these platforms. They need us. And it's finally about time that they start paying us for contributing to their platforms as opposed to milking us dry and, and making us the product and lining their pockets. I feel I've gone on, on, on a big creator rant here. That's what I'm passionate about. That's why I follow this scene very well. That's in music, that's in art, that's in, in, in books, that's in everything. It's very hard to put a show like this together. It's very consistently, it's very hard to be able to write a book. It's very hard to be able to write a song that catches on. It's very hard to do beautiful artwork that hasn't been done before. But for so long, we've been trained and we've been programmed to think it's okay for them to be able to take a little bit, to be able to get a pension, to be able to define what's right and what's wrong, to be able to find the trends and who's listening and who's watching to what. Enough of that. That's the mission that I'm on. Not only the Bitcoin mission we talked about before, but the mission for the creators is one that I am extremely passionate about. And if you're extremely passionate about 
Start donating. Start start streaming sets. Start you know uh, open just sending funds to to creators' wallets. Uh, whether it's using the little Twitter uh, cash money payment, any way you see fit. Remove Visa. Get yourself some sets and stream them over, or send them over, or donate them to to the creator, your favorite creator that's doing the very best work that you consistently go in and go out because it makes them do better work, and it makes you get a better product, and it keeps you more informed, and it helps you to orange pill your family and friends. So that's it for Solo Rip 8. I want to remind y'all, we don't have a Mind Your Block segment here, but I do want to remind y'all every chance I get, if you want 10 minutes on the show to be able to rant with me, to be able to plug what you've been working hard on, to be able to ask some questions, uh, just to be involved, and most importantly, to support the developers that make these privacy fighting tools available to us, then reach out to me in the DM. Uh, uh, and, and we can get you set up with 10 minutes on the show. The way it works is you donate 10,000 sets. We get 5,000 sets to open sets for open source development. We get 5,000 sets to put right back into the show to make it better and better. And you get 10 minutes to come on the show and be able to talk your shit. Also, load up your fountain wallet. Like I said a little while ago, it's extremely easy. Uh, Breeze as well. You just open it up. They give you a wallet right away. You can put as little as $5 in there. You can stream as little as 100 of one sat. You can stream whatever you want. But from last episode with Jevy going forward, we're giving 5% of anything that comes in over to OpenSats. So contribute to the show, contribute to OpenSats, and every single one of my guests from here on forward will be able to decide to get their 5% that I'm offering to be able to do the same, to be able to give you guys knowledge, but also allow their contribution to go to really good causes. And I'm really excited about that. So check us out on Fountain, check us out on Breeze if it's the audio. We're on the legacy app, Spotify, Apple, all that, but you won't be able to donate and you won't be able to contribute there. Um, you can just find us there and get all this value. We appreciate you either way. Uh, check us out on Bitcoin TV. That's the movement that we're trying to push here when it comes to video, but we're also on YouTube as well. And hopefully Bitcoin TV pretty soon allows the ability to be able to stream some sats here. We'll get there eventually, but check us out on all those platforms. As always, I appreciate you guys. This wraps up solo rep number eight. I'll see y'all on the main chain on Wednesday where I have a really cool episode coming up, many episodes coming up, and I'll catch y'all next Saturday on the next solo rip. I appreciate you guys as always. Later. <laughs>